I've forgotten at least one thing. We are going to have seed line ministry tomorrow, and thankful for that, and uh, look forward to that at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And uh, seed line, if you'd like to help, we'd love to have you. James chapter number 3 tonight. James chapter number 3, we're working our way through this book of the Bible, a very practical book of the Bible. And I'll tell you just how committed I am to preaching through the Scriptures. I, I just love to do that. I'm so committed to preaching through the Scriptures that on this night, I'm going to preach from James chapter 3 on controlling your tongue right in the middle of basketball season when I really want to yell and scream at referees. And uh, so this is extra convicting to those of you who like to watch basketball, James chapter 3, and uh, talking about keeping our tongues. But let's look together. James chapter 3, we'll read the first six verses here. James chapter 3, the Bible says, My brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great of matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. The Bible says in verse number 5, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. That's the title of our message tonight. A little member that boasteth great things. That's our tongue. And it's a fascinating thought because our tongue is both a member of our body, a little member of our body that boasteth great things in the negative, but can also do great things in the positive. The Bible says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold. A word fitly spoken. The, the word of God is preached and it changes the lives of people. Words are strong and powerful and they can be very good. Words are strong and powerful and they can be very bad too. And in this text, this passage of scripture, the book of James as a whole, every chapter has something to say about our tongue. I'd encourage you to work your way through and read through the book of James. It's just a few chapters. And find all the verses in every chapter that deal with the tongue, our mouths, our words. And James, the pastor, writing, gives great warning to the church about the use of their tongue. How many of you ever said something you wish you didn't? <laughs> How many of you ever had somebody say something to you that you're really glad they did? May God help us to understand that the tongue that God gave us is to be used as a tool for righteousness' sake that can kindle a fire that will do the work of God all over the world. The tongue that God gave us can be misused and abused and do damage that is irreversible. 
You see, our tongue is a little member that boasteth great things. Today's message has three points. They're quite interesting. Horses, ships, and fires. That'll be our message points. But let's just introduce it. Let's begin in verse number one. It's an interesting verse. Uh, James begins here. He says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. It almost looks like verse number one stands alone. And over and over again through the book of James, you'll see sections of thought begin with that little phrase, my brethren, because the book of James is written to save people. If you begin to think that somehow the book of James is an evangelistic book, then you will misinterpret it and misapply it and believe somehow that you can work your way into salvation. But the book of James is something that was written from the pastor's heart, James, the brother of Jesus, to the church, my brethren. He says, be not many masters. That word master is like saying a schoolmaster, a teacher. It's a fascinating verse. and It seems to stand alone, but it's a great warning to us all. The Bible says, don't strive to be, and don't strive to have too many teachers. Don't strive to be a teacher. Being a teacher is something that has to be in your heart, and you've got to be warned that being a teacher can be a dangerous thing, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Now, that's a fascinating verse of Scripture. James is encouraging people. Now, look, if God leads you and calls you to be a teacher, be a teacher. That's fine. But you remember something. Teachers are going to be held to a higher account than other people. So when you start to teach, especially when you start to teach the Word, you need to do that with fear and trembling. And I read this verse, and I'm like, oh, man, this is bad news for me. (laughs) The truth is it's one of those verses in Scripture that reminds us that you cannot flippantly stand before a crowd of people and halfway attempt to teach the living, eternal Word of God. Every time that you stand before a group of people to teach or preach the Word of God, you need to do it with absolute, utter humility and sincerity and as well prepared as you possibly can be. He says, be careful of that. The Bible continues in verse 2. For in many things we offend all, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Uh, The first phrase there, for in many things we offend all. And that literally just means everybody, all of us, offend in many ways. We transgress, we mess up in many different areas. How many of you have a specific area that you can think of that you often mess up in? Could you raise your hand? I've got one of those. How many of you have multiple areas that you mess up in? Would you raise your hand? So you can identify with verse number 2. In many things we offend all. We all offend in many different ways. And you know, we should strive and we do strive to be as much like Jesus as we can possibly be. We're all going to fall short. And that's okay. Because when we're striving to be as much like Jesus as we can possibly be, when we do mess up, and we will, we're going to mess up really close to the truth. Strive to be like the Lord. But understand that we're going to have moments where we make mistakes, where the temper flares. And the Bible says, now we mess up in many ways, and all of us have many areas where we can offend. 
But he says this, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. He says, if you can, if you can completely, perfectly control your words, your tongue, you're perfect. How many of you have ever messed up with your words? You're not perfect. Sorry, I tell you. Now, now, this is an interesting thought. James understood something. He said, we all have struggles with our words, our mouths. He said, the only perfect person I can think of was my brother. James was the brother of Jesus. And he thought about Jesus. He said, boy, growing up, can you imagine growing up with Jesus as your brother? When you messed up and said the wrong thing, he didn't. (laughs) When you got upset, and blew off at the mouth about something. He didn't. He said, I know somebody that's perfect. It's my brother, Jesus. He never offended in word. He says, if you can control your mouth, you're perfect. He said, it's something to be concerned about. Someone that's able to control their mouth, their words, is able also to bridle the whole body. He says, this is something to strive for. Something to be aware of, the use of your words. And we begin in verse number 3, our message. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. And the Bible says, now look, I want you to understand something about your tongue. Your tongue is a little member, boasts of great things, and we want to liken our tongue to a bit in a horse's mouth. I don't have a ton of experience with horses, but I like to be around horses, any kind of critter I like. And anything that you can ride, I like that too. But horses, you put a bit in a horse's mouth, and that's a tool in which that you can direct the whole horse. Now, horses that aren't trained are destructive and pretty useless. You know, it was a smart thing we turned from horses to tractors and from horses to ATVs over the course of the last hundred years. Because you know something about a horse. Whether you're riding that horse or working that horse, he still eats and makes a mess. You park your tractor for the winter and it don't sip a drop of diesel fuel. And when you get to its stall, it probably doesn't have much of a mess at the end of the winter. And we're a lot like a horse. You see, we have the ability to do things and accomplish things and do things right. But if we're not broke, if we're not willing to control and be controlled by the mouth through the power of the Holy Spirit, then we can be the same as a horse that's untrained. We can make a lot of messes everywhere we go. Horses. The Bible says that, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. You see, we need to determine to let the Lord control our mouths. This is something we've got to remember. Do you know that it's not in you just to muster up the strength to control your mouth? How many of you have ever tried really hard to do good, but you just messed up? Me too. Now look, our own strength is very weak. And when we see this analogy, we need to understand that I am a horse in the Lord's work. I really am. 
I'm not in control. I can't be in control. And I need to allow the Lord to have control over the reins of my life. And one of the number one places I need to let the Lord have control over the reins of my life is the use of my mouth. You hear people say, you know me, I just say what I think. And when I hear that, I I understand and I probably believe that. But that's not something to praise. And it's not praiseworthy. Because when we don't have control of our tongues and our mouth, that doesn't only mean that we're just the kind of people who speak our mind all the time. That means you're the kind of person that doesn't let the Holy Spirit control what comes out of your mouth. We need to be reminded that we need to let the Lord take the reins of our mouths and our words because our words kindle and do big things. You see, if I let the Lord have the reins of my life and it begins with my mouth, then guess what? The Lord can use me like a well-trained, obedient, strong horse in his work. Oh, how much ground has been conquered with the strength of a horse. How much ground has been explored with the power of a horse? How much has been accomplished through the means of a well-trained horse? And if you let the Lord have the reins of your mouth, that is the starting point for the Lord being able to use you for his glory in a big way. May the Lord help us. I had the opportunity to ride horses with a guy that rode horses a lot. I'm just I'm not experienced horseman. I can shovel stalls. I'm really good at that. Uh, and I can give them hay and I can give them and I can saddle them up and I can do things like that. But I actually got this opportunity to ride with a guy that knew horses. He'd always he'd been been raised around horses and he was so he was so uh, had such a great understanding about horses. And I loved to go riding with him one day because I'd been riding some. I was taking care of Pastor Sexton's horse at the time, and I'd been riding some on my own. And he came over and brought a horse, and we rode together. And I was amazed. The first time I followed him, he took a horse and turned straight up a bank that I would have never guessed in a million. I wouldn't want to walk up it. Just, just, I, he turned and went up there, and I thought, you know, well, you're not going up that horse, up that bank. And I'm a big old boy on top of this horse, poor horse. But... He turned that horse, and we went straight up something. You could never take an ATV. And I'm like, well, if he did it, I'm going to try it too. And right up through there I went. I was amazed. In a few minutes, we came to a tree. There's a tree in, in, the, uh, in the path. It's probably about waist high. And I was like, what are we going to do? He's right over top of it. I'm like, sorry, Nordell, here we go. And there we went right over top of it. We came back down this real steep thing, and I'll never forget it. Scared me to death. I was like, I'm going to be right over top of this horse. But we started down that, that bank, and I followed, I followed behind him, and his horse sat down right on her hind end and just went right down off that bank. And I went right behind. Her. I was like, This is amazing. I love this. Yes. It was wonderful. And, and the same is true in our lives. It's amazing what God can do through men and women that love him, 
who are willing to let God have the reins of their mouths and control their words. You see, our tongue is a little member of it boasts great things. It's amazing what your tongue can do if you let the Lord have the reins. Number one, horses. Number two, ships. The Bible says in verse 4, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. The second picture that we're given consideration of is a ship's helm. Now, the helm and the rudder are the, about the same thing. Most times today, the, the helm is considered the big ship's wheel that you turn, but it turns the rudder. But the helm is, is the rudder that's in the water, and it's a small thing that turns the whole ship. It's an amazing uh, contraption. There's a, uh, there's a rudder helm on uh, a boat. There's a rudder helm on an airplane, and that little wing, that little flap is what controls the direction. The Bible says about this ship that though they be so great... And are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Now, this is fascinating for me to think. James is talking about something that is somewhat modern to his time. Uh, they had began to build pretty large ships during James's day. There's record and evidence in the book of Acts that there were ships and boats that were holding 250 people and more and making long journeys. And so he's saying about the size of these massive ships, ships and the, uh, the way they determined that they could turn them was with a, with a helm, with just one little flap on the back. And he said, boy, that kind of looks like my tongue, doesn't it? He said, I want to remind you about your tongue. It's like a ship's helm. And that tongue gives direction. That tongue gives direction. Now, we can pay attention to what's going on in our hearts, and our spiritual life, when we pay attention to what's coming out of our mouths. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now you can know the direction of your life by the pattern of your tongue. Now I want you to think for just a minute. I want you to think about the way you talk to people at work today. Think about the way you've talked to your wife or your husband. Think about the way you've talked to your children Think about the way you've talked today. Think about the words of your mouth. Think about the words you've and conversations you've had with yourself going down the road. We all do it, I know. How about those words? Now listen. Your tongue and your words are things that can do great things. Listen, ships do amazing things. They carry great cargo all over the world. They're amazing. They do big work. And that little helm guides them all the way. They do good things. They can do bad things. But your tongue is like a little rudder. It's like a little rudder. It's like a little helm. It gives direction. What direction are you heading in? Let me tell you, if your words are out of whack, so is your heart. And if your heart's out of tune with the Lord, you're not going in the direction of blessing and safety and abundance. The opposite is true. The story of the Bismarck. There's an old song about the Bismarck being sunk. 
Now, let me tell you something. If you ever build a ship, do not declare that that ship is unsinkable. Because every time somebody declares the ship's unsinkable, it just seems like God can't help but go, I'll show you. Don't ever say that ship was unsinkable. But the Bismarck, it was one of these, it was the latest and greatest, and they felt like it was unsinkable. The Bismarck was at war and going at a good clip towards safe waters. Knowing that it was just kind of a shot in the dark, the enemy of the Bismarck began to drop little bombs. It was like dropping BBs on an elephant, but they began to drop bombs around the Bismarck. And one bomb hit just right, and guess what it tore up? The helm. The rudder of the Bismarck was locked at an angle. And literally within view of safety, the helm of that great ship locked, caused it just to steam in a circle until the enemy was able to sink it. Now, here's the deal. If you let the Lord control the helm of your life, you'll find yourself going in a direction that pleases Him. You'll find Him faithful. You'll find that God's way is best, but let me tell you, If you let the tongue, your words, rule in your life, it is the byproduct of a heart that's out of tune with God and you will paddle in circles and waste the influence and opportunity the Lord's given you. You see, our tongue is a little member boasts with great things. Horses, ships, and fires. Look at the last part of verse 5. Behold, How great a matter a little fire kindleth. Think about that little fire. How great a matter a little fire kindleth. Now, it's amazing to think about forest fires. We see them, it seems like, annually. There's forest fires popping up here and there and everywhere. And all forest fires begin with something very little. And they spread. I'm reminded of the great fire in Gatlinburg a number of years ago, probably 2017, something like that. I was there just a few days after the fire was put out, and it was unbelievable, the devastation. And the most amazing thing about the whole thing was it started with some campfire or something. It was something really small, and it burned up millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of real estate and personal property. It's just a little fire. Now, the Bible says your tongue has the ability... To do the work of a fire. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. A little fire can be a big problem, right? Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members. That it defileth the whole body. And setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. The Bible makes it very plain. The words you say can make a big, fat mess. There's an old story of a lady in a western town. She really didn't like this other lady that was also a member of the community. And she had devised in her mind some things she thought to be true about the other lady and began to spread the gossip. Some time passed and this lady 
talk, talk, talk about this other, and to the point where her, this, the lady she's been talking about, her reputation was marred horribly. Someone had enough courage one day to confront the gossip and said, man, things you're saying is not true, and gave her some facts. And fortunately, the lady that had spread all the gossip fell under conviction. She wouldn't talk to the preacher. She said, preacher, here's what I've done. I've made a terrible mistake. What can I do to fix this mess? The preacher wisely instructed her to do something a little bit strange. The preacher said, here you go, and handed her a large feather pillow. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this pillow and I want you to cut just a little hole in the edge of the sack. And I want you to go all through town today, everywhere you go, and shake that pill all along the way. Not sure what he was getting at, but willing because she was broken to follow through. She did just that. At the end of the day, the pill was empty of feathers. And the next day, she went back to the preacher's office. She's like, here, here's your empty pillow. I did what you said. Now, what's the point? The preacher said, you ask what you could do to fix this. Here's what you need to do. You need to go back to town and pick up all the feathers. Well, I can't do that. It's impossible. The preacher said, you're right. The preacher said, it is impossible. She's, he said, the Lord will forgive you. And I think this lady will too. But the damage that you've done with your tongue is irreparable. It can't be picked up. And the Bible says, your tongue is like a fire and it'll do great damage. You know something else about a fire? Fires do great work. I'm cleaning up a little piece of land at our house and the fires do great work. When I pile it just right and burn it just right, the mess that I'm tired of seeing laying around, it goes away. Fire does a work that would take lots of dump trucks and equipment and fuel. I like the fire. And you know our words used the right way? Man, they do a great work. And the words you say to somebody can be Spread to somebody else and to somebody else. And the fire can be one that promotes the furtherance of the gospel, the encouraging, the downcast. Or fire you start, that sinful, gossipy tongue, and start a fire that can never be repaired. And the damage never reversed. You see, the Bible says that your tongue boasts great things. You know, may the Lord help us to give God the reins of our mouths. We can please him with our words. We don't want to be like this lady. There was a lady, and the epitaph on her tombstone said this. Beneath this stone, a lump of clay, lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May began to hold her tongue. 
Let's get started before it's too late. Letting the Lord control the words of our mouth. Oh, you'll be glad you did. Our tongue, what is it? Oh, it's a little member, but it boasteth great things. Let's pray.